thought the job was done. They thought it was all behind them. But sometimes, the past doesn't stay where it belongs. Now, Brad and Andrew must fight to protect all that they've built. The stakes have never been higher. And the beer has never been colder. This year, the epic continues. This is the Brew and View Podcast. Now your back's going to hurt because you just pulled landscape duty. <laughs> Anybody else's fingers hurt? I didn't think so. Yeah. Welcome to the Brewing View Podcast. You're Brad. Hi, everybody. Hi. You're Andrew. I am. And uh, together we make up the dynamic duo that the uh, critics are saying can't stop, won't stop, and... Uh, even if the uh, mail doesn't come, rain, sleet, snow. Oh. These guys sure will. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> uh, yeah. I kind of lost Let, it at the end there. but The, the oh, Postal well. Service is letting you down. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be well, the first time. No, no. Wouldn't be the first time. Uh, so, you know, this is the show where we talk beer and movies. Uh, Brad, I have a feeling you're, you're probably enjoying a pretty nice beer right now. I am. We had a lot of pre- pre-show banner and mm-hmm. i've almost killed this bomber mm. which i was sent to me from way in the pnw yeah from from master zed mm-hmm. uh long time contributor only only guest on the show yeah um but i'm drinking <clears throat> it's called f-bomb from yeah. stickman brewing company or stickman or stickman Brewing Company, um, <clears throat> which is, let me look here real quickly, 
Spickman Brewing Company. Uh, come on. It is in Lake Oswego, mm. uh, Oregon, in the United States. And this F-bomb is a 7.2 ABV, 72 IBU uh, IPA from them. Way to put my sentence together and uh it's good it's uh it's it's a it's a good ipa it's um it's not it's not a double it's it's uh but there's not a lot of flair to this this one there's not a lot of hop to it it's a decent amount uh but it doesn't it's not showing off um uh it's a it's you know i've done so many ipas on this show i mean out of the 70 what four shows we've done i've probably done 62 of them have been ipas um for sure but uh and this one would probably it it's in it's in the upper part of those Mm -hmm. um i'd say i give it a four on on uh untapped um it's it's uh it's a good drinking beer uh it's 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 not going to knock your socks off with the the you know the craftsmanship of it but uh but it's it's nothing that i would throw away and mm. well in a, probably about you know an hour or so i'm gonna put it right in the toilet but that's how i recycle <laughs> hey there you go you're doing yeah. your part and you're enjoying a beer yeah uh so yeah it's a good one and i yeah i got my i got a shipment in from from uh master zed shipping it down mm-hmm. to me and uh a nice a nice variety of beer and i'm anxious to start checking them in and i'm promising not to i'm gonna hold off and try to do them all for the show so nice uh which will make it easy for me to find beer because and they're pretty much all pint uh pint bottles so i'm happy about that but thank you very much Devin. that was very nice of you to send those down to me. Uh, sure, how, how are yours, sure, Jason? Sure. Uh, wouldn't know. Wouldn't know. Uh, what this, happened? Uh, potentially just uh, an elaborate ruse to get back at me for always referring to him as Master Z. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Z? Yeah. Mr. Z. That's right. <laughs> and uh, so I don't know. I'm just, I'm here by myself. Mail still seems to be coming in. Um, he put a stamp on a six pack and see, so, yeah. just to see how far it went. Yeah, just to watch him die. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, I'm a little. Uh, you know, work's crazy right now. I'm a little stressed. Uh, not getting any beers in the mail, so I need to take the edge off, man. Yeah, yeah. So I see you're drinking out of your tulip glass. Yeah. Break out the good glassware. Uh, tonight I'm enjoying the um, fine malt lager uh, <laughs> ice house edge. So this really, this is just a a uh, a slap in the face, just to say, yeah. you know, uh, I'm not getting my good beer. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going hardcore. So uh, it's got a. What's nice about the tulip glasses? It's very good for uh, for picking up aromas. And this one has a nice kind of uh, acetone, like nail polish remover. 
Yeah. Um, a, lo- a hint of sadness. Yeah. Uh, Des- I think a little desperation. Adult human tears. Um, uh, I'm picking up late child support payment as well. <laughs> um, uh. This <laughs> this is a uh, quick drunk on the streets. Uh, it's 8% ABV. Hmm. And uh, it it tastes cheap. Uh, it's it's not too bad when it's cold. That's the thing about um, like I'll, I'll defend a nice uh, old English eight hundred. If it's ice cold, it, yeah. it will mask the um, the ice cream headache takes away from the, yeah, the taste. Yeah, exactly. And uh, now this is warming up a little bit, and uh, it just it tastes very metallic. It tastes very it honestly just tastes like uh, if if Miller threw all their runoff and into a uh, vat and yeah. uh, shipped it out and said good luck. Yeah, but this you know is a, that's <laughs> uh, someone's having a bad day. Mm-hmm. You know, a bad day at work. They put them on the uh, on the ice house edge line. <laughs> yeah. For that day, yeah, they're just a little, you know, partied a little too hard last night. They're, they they do all their brewing of Ice House Edge on Mondays. Yeah, in case of the Mondays, uh, it's uh, you know what I, I to its credit, I've had a lot of good times drinking Ice House Edge. Did did you? Oh, yeah, you did say that. Mm-hmm. Break out your glass, best glassware, and step to the edge. Yeah, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, uh, I gave it a 175 on untapped cause, uh, mm-hmm. it's below average, but you could probably do worse. <laughs> oh, I guarantee you could do worse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think, uh, our beer of choice for college and mm-hmm. everyone has their beer choice for, you know, those, yeah. those desperate times. Yeah. Um, Mars was, uh, uh, natural ice. Nice. Yeah. College favorite. College favorite. I think. No, wait. Was it, yeah. Natural. Is it ice? No. Uh. Yeah. Natty ice. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was natty ice because the ABV was up, was jacked up a little bit. Iced out. Yeah. So, um, yes. Many a night with natty ice. It happens uh, to the best of us. Yeah. Do they do, now? Do they sell? Um, do they sell stuff in the convenience stores in Louisiana? They sell beers. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think now. The uh, some some definitely do. Um, I think it just depends. Uh, uh, liquor laws here don't seem to be as. Um, kind of iron fist as they are in other parts of the south obviously the fact that you can just walk around with a cup full of sugar and liquor yeah well i'm guessing in in louisiana it has i mean from parish to parish it probably yeah varies too right Mm -hmm. yeah uh it probably does um but i think louisiana as a whole is in uh is open container, not just yeah, okay. Orleans Parish or Orleans Parish. Um, so that that stuff. Uh, 
I know I don't think there's any of the uh, you know no liquor on Sundays or or no no uh, alcohol before noon type stuff. Um, so, well, good news. Thank We're, goodness uh, for that. Pennsylvania's holding that last bastion of hope for us uh, moral people. Mm-hmm. You know, we refuse to sell beer in, in convenience stores. Good. Uh, which is you know I think helps all. Yeah, I'm and sure it, it it has been saving you know America's youth, countless, countless yes. youth, and they they don't find another way to get it. Definitely uh, not. Definitely not. These two youths. So, yeah, good. But anyways, uh, yeah. Well, you can find out how much we like our our various beers. You know whether it's uh, living on the edge mm-hmm. or oh, yeah. something from from far abroad or for, not well far afield maybe. Uh, but uh, find us on Untapped, where mm-hmm. you can join in the ooh, uh, join in the the fun. Uh, you can find us at uh, our our handle is Broomview Pod, mm-hmm. and Mister Neil Orange Peel is uh, his as his uh, his avatar says, "Shut up, liver, you're fine." Yes, Love and uh, he's he's drinking a glub glug and glub, the a fuck? black sheep. From Black Sheep Brewing. What the I hell guess. is that? <laughs> I know. He's, he's, he's actually <laughs> that is not out. descriptive at all. <laughs> no. But don't never fear. His next one is Bitter and Twisted, <laughs> uh, which is a gold nail. Nice. Uh, and in an iron brew, hmm. uh, Mr. Mr. Brennan yes. is having a boom sauce hmm. from Lord Hobo Brewing Company. That sounds all fake. I don't believe a word he's saying. <laughs> uh um jk is having a local species oh uh also an oyster stout from hard from hardy plank craft brewery um yeah so and uh we had some comments on last week uh mr uh uh matt mr matt Mm -hmm. uh not that matt and not that that matt but the other matt um he, I was, he was, he commented on, on the pizza boy I had last week, which he was like, Hey, that's near me. I'm yeah. like, Yeah, so am I. Pizza boy, that's near yeah. me. Good stuff. That's exactly, exactly how I said it. I'm convinced. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, for oh, um, the crossover that we do have, that wedding story that I told, oh, yeah, um, with the fish fry, that was with Matt K. Okay, yeah, yep. I don't know if I, I ever threw that out there, but little little inside baseball. Well, listeners of the Mavs podcast may, yeah. may remember that. Yes. Yeah, I know. I know you. You recall. I partake. Yeah, I, they dig. They test. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. So check us out, and uh, I'm looking forward to some more good beers because I got about six or so mm-hmm. of. So that's six good weeks of Pacific Northwest goodness yeah nice Hop, tour. hoppy goodness nice tour day pnw yeah all right uh yeah so um how do you want to do this tonight i got i know i got like one two three four four good movies to talk about okay um, um well i mean why don't we we start uh with our our assignments and Sure. Um, we'll break it down from there. Uh, 
I, uh, what did I do? I threw a movie your way last week. You did. Uh, let me pick it up over. Yeah, called The Salesman. My salesman, yeah. Uh, 2016, actually, the uh, the Academy Award winner for uh, foreign film. Mm. Uh, uh, and this, you would know this uh, director, not by name, but maybe by what he did, Ash, Ashgar Fahardi. Mm. Um, Fahadi, and he was the director who received his award via uh, message. Um, it was because it was the Academy Awards were held right after uh, uh, President Trump had enacted the the travel ban. Yes, and that was his form of protest for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you guys remember that, um, that's what he's best. Well. It, recently best known for but uh he this is his second oscar for foreign film uh the, the other one was a separation mm-hmm. um which was a couple years ago i have not seen that after watching this i think i'm going to probably go back and check that out so uh but this is uh, uh you're not going to recognize any of the names really in this movie uh because everything is in uh it's in iran it's a it's an iranian film all the actor for the most part i think all the actors are Iranian, um, and so yeah, um, so this movie is about a kind of a not a socialite. That's the wrong word. Uh, intellectuals, mm. uh, a, a pair of intellectuals uh, in I think Tehran. I'm not sure the city in Iran, but uh, he teaches a like a like a literature slash pop culture ish class mm-hmm. class in, um, I guess, uh, university, uh, which is weird because it's all, all men in this class. So I don't, I don't, there's probably something there, uh, as far as, uh, cultural differences and stuff. And he's also acting in a play, uh, called, uh, the play is a, a, the death of a salesman mm-hmm. and he and his wife, are acting in this along with uh, s- some of his colleagues from the school he's teaching at. And uh, what happens like this, that's just the setup. What happens is one night he's coming home late from work. His wife gets home earlier from work. Uh, someone buzzes at their apartment and she opens the door to let him in. And she thinks it's his husband. Uh, she gets attacked. And the rest of the movie is him trying to figure out who did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the concert or in the repercussions of it and what this movie does is inter- it's interesting because it's it's kind of who done it but it's not really it's really a a way for people like me and maybe I'm being a little bit more self-involved like this is this is what this movie is for but what this movie did for me was it um, shined a light on like the subtle differences of different cultures right so like there's all there's all the same earmarks or same problems and all that stuff but everything gets kind of uh put through a different light or a different prism when you're in that different culture mm-hmm. um uh you know your wife gets attacked automatically you go to the police right mm-hmm. well in this not so much you know, people don't trust the police. You know, there's an all-male school, whether it's an all-male school or the women can't go to 
the um, the women can't go to the school. Um, there's also every woman in this movie has some kind of head garb on. Okay. And like, there's no like intimate moments or anything like that where, where, uh, the, the woman and the man, like she takes off or there's no, there's no, you don't see any affection, like physical affection for the, each other like there's there's obviously because this movie opened in iran and it was like the highest uh the highest grossing movie in our, iran's history mm-hmm. so like obviously they're now maybe i I'm, I'm guessing because of this but i'm thinking that the 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 censors and the people in charge will not allow this whether it's uh because of religious re- reasons or because it's deem this way you know obviously i don't know i'm being very broad scope and and very assuming but based on some of the stuff i've heard and and how women are treated in some of these countries it can be that way and it's just it's a it's a weird it's a well it's not weird it's 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 it gives me a look at like middle middle class uh people and their struggles but through a different lens Mm mm-hmm and I think it does a really good job. And the actors are freaking great in it, uh, for the most part. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple iffy parts, but like the main, uh, the man, the woman, um, I'm not even going to butcher names, uh, the main husband and wife, and uh, the, their supporting characters around them, it's really good. Really good. Uh, and I, I want to see more. That's why I want to see a separation. Uh, I'm anxious to see that uh, by uh, the director and the actor and stars in both. The main actor stars in both. So, mm. uh, yeah, I uh, I gave it a seven. Uh, it it is dull at times, and uh, it 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 is a very slow plotting movie. But it it's a very good look for me, anyways. It's a very good look into another culture, and nothing's glamorized. It's it's just day to day life type stuff. Nice. So, yeah. I would I would check it out. Do uh have any questions for me at all about it or uh I mean I it's it's a hard one to like this one I like not gonna recommend this to Jim, obviously. <laughs> um and I think that's a, a good reference point. Uh but I think um I know I think my yeah. wife would like it. Uh it's it it is it stretches just a little bit too long. It's two hours and four minutes. Okay. Um the first act is is a lot of setup and stuff, and the second act is 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 kind of truncated. Third act just draw drags on forever. Hmm. Um okay. so yeah. Um other than that, I I would recommend this to a select few. Yeah, I mean, it it sounds interesting. It sounds like, would you say it's more of um, if you're into movies? Like, it's yeah. not, not for the casual viewer. It's not for someone I mean, who... There's a reason it won Best Foreign Film. Okay, yeah. You know, foreign Language Film. Um, because I, it's, it's well-directed. There's some nice little shots, nice little... Uh, uh, long 
pause and long takes on people's faces and stuff, just reactions and emoting mm-hmm. through their faces, um, which, you know, is a credit to the director and to the actors, you know, waiting for that take or waiting for that shot and letting the actors kind of fulfill that role. Um, uh, and, you know, we've said it before and I've said it before. Uh, I tend to give a break to foreign films. Yeah. Uh, because sometimes I think there's something lost in translation yeah, that I'm, maybe I might not be getting. Um, but for the most part, I thought I got. Well, no, I, I, I'll, 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 there's there's some parts that I was confused. I didn't understand what was going on, and I assumed that I was missing something. Um, and there, I think there were some not some very good nods to uh, the way the culture is right now, or what's going on in this time period in Iran. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, Iran or Iran, whatever, how they ever pronounce it. But uh, so I, I did. I know I didn't get it all, but I think overall it's it's a it's a well shot, well acted, well paced for the most part movie. That's uh, yeah. I mean, I I'm pretty interested. Uh, I kind of I I mean I assign this to you based on stuff that I read. So I haven't seen it yet, but it, it seems like, um, it seems like a watch. I, I feel like I would probably get something out of it. Like there'd be something yeah. for me to take away from it. Um, I, I think really the, the acting you would, you would enjoy that. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Your average, I mean, you know, not to say that I'm above average, but you know, we, we watch a lot of movies here. Um, the average guy who watches, you know, goes to the theater twice a year, maybe not. So it's just kind of a question of, yeah, I guess just knowing knowing who you recommended to, like you said, you wouldn't, was, yeah, wouldn't give it. So yeah, check it out. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you you like movies, check yeah, it out. yeah, it's it's you could do worse. It's streaming on Amazon right now. Nice. Um, it's it's the meta score is 85. The the user score is 7.9. So it's high on both. So it's it's not highbrow hmm. too much. You know, it's it's for it's for the the consumer as well. So. Nice. Excellent. Um, you watched the movie. I did. I watched a very... Um, it, oops. I clicked on the wrong one. I watched a very interesting little movie called intense? Frailty. It was intense. Uh, it's from 2001. It was directed by one Bill Paxton, um, who you may know as... Uh, just pretty, pretty cross board. Awesome dude. Uh, yeah. And he also stars in this. Uh, Matthew McConaughey and Powers Booth also making appearances. Oh, uh, both died this year. Damn. Right? Uh, or no? Michael Bill Paxton Ironside. and no, Powers, Powers Booth. Booth. Did they? Was that this year or like late last year? I don't know. Nope. Uh, May seventeenth. Yeah, wow. Or two thousand seventeen. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy and stuff. He. And yeah, uh, and Bill Paxton in, on in February this year. Uh, the frailty curse. Yep. We all know. See you, Matthew. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Uh, so, uh, really, uh, Matthew McConaughey and Powers Booth get um, billing here, I think, on name. But really, uh, Matt O'Leary and Jerry Sumter, who play uh, young Fenton and young Adam Meeks, um, they get a lot of the screen time. 
Right. So uh, this is the story of a, a man uh, who is confessing to an FBI agent. That would be uh, Matthew McConaughey's confessing to Powers Booth. His family story of how his religious fanatic father's vision led to a series of murders to destroy supposed demons. Uh, like I said, it was uh, directed by Bill Paxton, but for um, to round it out, Brent Hanley was the writer, and he um, this was his first credit and really his only credit of note. Um, so he directed, or I'm sorry, he wrote a short called Family for the TV series Masters of Horror and a short called Day 73 with Sarah. And that was in 2010. So he did not, looks like he didn't spend a lot of time in the movie business. Fair enough. Uh, right. So uh, basically this this opens up with um, Matthew, McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey's character um, coming in to tell the story to uh, Agent Wesley Doyle, uh, played by Powers Booth, uh, coming in to tell the story of the God's Hand Killer, who up to this point has eluded the police. And uh, he tells the story of his, his childhood. That's where Matt O'Leary and Jeremy Sumter come in, and Bill Paxton, of course. Um, so... This story, Bill Paxton is, uh, he's just a, he's a blue collar guy. Uh, wife passed away, I believe. And yes, wife passed away while she was giving birth to their youngest son, Adam. And, uh, he, you know, life is, uh, seems, uh, you know, uh, they're, they're getting by, they're doing everything they can, um, Fenton is the older brother. He's he's always looking out for Adam, and he's kind of taken to, um, kind of the the role of keeping the home. Um, you see him him cooking, doing dishes, a lot of stuff like that, um, and uh, everything in his words are normal. And then one night, uh, Dad has a vision of an angel coming and giving him a mission to uh, the war between heaven and hell is being fought on earth and he is one of God's warriors who is here to eliminate demons or hmm. destroy demons. And um, the youngest son, all in. Uh, the older son is not. And uh, there's a lot of conflict between them. Um, the script is pretty solid for, I would say, like 95% of the movie. Uh, I, I felt like a lot of the... Um, a lot of the... it's So it's a, it's a stretch. I mean, it's... Um, what is it? You, you know, you suspend your disbelief. Yes. Uh, of course. Um, so it's a stretch, but... When they set up the rules and the parameters of this world that they're occupying, they stick to them really well, which is one of the key, um, which can be one of the biggest downfalls of thrillers and, and horror movies is they they 
don't seem to have rigid rules. So this um, does a good job of sticking to that. They have good justification for why Fenton never uh, goes to the police and, um, you know, why why a young kid could be um, conflicted and, and ultimately not take action and stuff like that. Um, so the script was solid. Uh, this, I believe, is Bill Paxton's directorial debut. And, I think so, yeah. Um, he does a really good job. Uh, there's nothing um, un- unpleasant or, like, unsightly or, like, things that didn't make sense. I'm trying to think of, like, there's no shots that really stand out to me. Um, no, that's not entirely true. The There is some really nice... Uh, nice shots of um powers booth and matthew mcconaughey when they're driving at night um just the the road lights i it's always kind of it's one of those things where like everybody kind of seems to do differently um and it's kind of a a little detail that sometimes can can enhance a movie so um there's some some decent shots in there but nothing uh nothing bad of course um and the so I kind of want to dance around it because because I did like this movie, but the the twist ending there there's a little bit maybe you and I will can talk about this a little more um, afterwards, but it's telegraphed a little bit, and there are a couple things where it's kind of like just uh, I don't. If you watch well, this movie and you're observant, you'll probably pick up on where it's going. Um, but the good thing about that is it really doesn't ruin it. Um, the store, the the crux of the movie is not the twist; it's more of the story of the tension between Fenton and his dad. Right. I think. Yeah. I mean, I think that what stood out for me the most because I haven't seen this movie for probably. 14 years probably mm-hmm. um, is the, just the manic and craziness that, you know what I mean? Just yeah. the, the, like kind of like the indoctrinated, but not like, like, you know, this is, um, uh, you know, you're, you teach your child something mm-hmm. or, you know, you say something, you try and then like, over time it just kind of for the kids it kind of becomes what it is you know it becomes truth i guess and i don't know it's um that's what kind of was the big thing for me Mm -hmm. what what sticks out the most for me yeah it um it it's it's a really solidly built um solidly built thriller uh I I mean I don't know I I don't want to divulge too much because I, I think it's a pretty if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it I give it a pretty strong recommendation uh, I give it an eight out of ten okay I think good. that good, good. it's a movie that um, visually it ages pretty well and I think that it um, it has the advantage of kind of um, flashing back to to an earlier time so that's helpful um but it it avoids some of the pratfalls that 
started to come about in the early 2000s of the the kind of like the sleek kind of music video-esque directing of horror movies. Um, yes. And this is not like a horror movie through and through. It's much more of a thriller. Um, but it, it avoids those pratfalls and it just kind of has a more um, straightforward approach, kind of more classic approach. And uh, the, the story's set up well and... Um, there's the twist and then there's one final payoff, but I feel like, um, the movie, like there's a definite logical closure point for this movie for me. Um, and okay. I think that that's where it kind of took, took a little bit of a stumble. And I think they really wanted to get that last, um, like they had the idea for this, this final scene and this final shot. And they really like kind of, um, really shoehorned it in. Like it was, it was the kind of thing that they were, they couldn't leave on the cutting room floor or maybe, um, whoever I'm trying to see, uh, maybe the, uh, producers needed it. Maybe they said that they had to be there. Um, well, but, um, but it just, yeah. it, it, it finishes a little soft compared to the rest of the movie. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, it, it kind of falls in line with some of the other movies, like this kind of uh, twist endings, like uh, the movie Fallen uh, mm-hmm. with Denzel Washington and John Goodman. I don't know if you remember that. Um, it was probably around the same time period, probably 99, 98, somewhere around there, yeah. <clears throat> where uh, you're you're expecting one thing to happen the whole movie, and then it kind of it, it twists, you know, mm-hmm. and there's always a good twist, you know, I think of a movie like, uh, the devil's Ag- advocate to yeah. a lesser degree, not as well-made movie, but still kind of dark and demon stuff. And mm-hmm. with a nice little twist at the end, you know, um, it, it, it like you said, it, it's kind of of an age, but it, it kind of stands out in that, yeah time period. yeah it's it's um i i think a big part of it is it doesn't succumb to uh the direction that directing was going um i think about uh saw for example was just three years later and that yeah. has that that um well that's that's more in line with the horror movie but it definitely has a lot of these the same shares the the thriller elements and definitely the um kind of some some parallels with the the idea of punishment as well yeah um and that one was all about you know sleek quick cuts and that kind of dis- disrupted the industry in a, in a way that uh, i don't know i think popular filmmaking hasn't quite recovered from yet unfortunately as much as i like saw a lot i think saw is a really good independent horror movie oh yeah but um it it's when people show up and start trying to copy it's like uh what was it two days in the valley when yeah people when yeah people show it's up a, and it's try a, to... a copy of a copy yeah it's the clone of the clone yes yeah so not, um not quite the same <laughs> yeah so frailty was it was really good though um the acting is really good for me one thing that i kind of can 
uh, I guess if I would say one of the things that I'm really nitpicky about is child actors, <laughs> which sucks because they're, you know, not the, the professional pre- pedigree that the adults are. But sometimes like you get a child actor that just like is distractingly bad. Like these kids were good. These kids were yeah. solid. And um, that's another reason the movie really worked for me was you got a, a solid core group of actors because it really is mostly um, Bill Paxton, Matt O'Leary, and Jeremy Sumter. Okay. And uh, all in all, I, I just really like this movie. Um, I want to talk about it more, but I also don't want to spoil anything because um, I give it a strong recommendation. So, okay. Yeah, kind of talking in circles. No, Sorry you're fine. About that, but you know. But I think it'll be all worth it if you just take my recommendation. There you go. Say go watch it. Yeah. It's on Netflix. Yes, it is on Netflix. Frailty, two thousand one. Some uh, listed two thousand two a couple places as well. So. Yeah. Frailty, early two thousands. Check it out. Hmm. Cool. Well. uh... What do you want to you want to let's talk about what we're going to talk about next week. Yes. Yes, yes, y'all. Uh, I think I'm going to have you watch a big one, a big blockbuster. Cool, cool. I don't know how big it was, but it's streaming on Netflix right now for how long we don't know. That's <laughs> your joke, not mine. Uh Doctor Strange is streaming on Netflix. Yes. Uh there there's been a there was a point in time where I was going out and seeing almost all of the comic book movies that were coming out, you know, mm-hmm. just to see the 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 uh, continuing story. And I'd say the last well, the last couple here I haven't gone out and seen. Mm-hmm. So I'm anxious to see Doctor Strange. I've heard mixed reviews. I heard some good, some bad. Her individual effects were pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah. I I think at the very least there'll be there'll be something to talk about. Nice. Yeah. I'm going to watch it with you. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, I got one for you. I didn't run it by you, so hopefully you haven't seen it yet. But from 2013, have you seen the crime drama Devil's Knot? Devil's Knot New. Okay. Good. I've seen The Devil's Own. Yeah. A lot of devils. And The Devil's Advocate. A couple two-tree devils. Devil's Knot. So that was streaming somewhere. Yes, it is streaming on Netflix. Okay. That's, uh, what do you call it? Who do you call it? Yeah, Uh, Colin Colin Firth Firth and Reese Reese Witherspoon. Witherspoon. Yes. Yes, yes, y'all. Okay. Devil's not. Good deal. Excellent, excellent. Um, So, you know, maybe a a lot of people saw Doctor Strange. Maybe not a lot of people saw Devil's Not. They don't want to jump into the fray without knowing what we think um we've got some we've got some safety nets for you you bet brad you got a couple why don't you start us off i do uh one that i think we both enjoy and think Mm -hmm. is underrated Mm -hmm. uh bill and ted's bogus journey streaming on amazon right now uh the sequel to bill and ted's excellent adventure Mm -hmm. uh and we talked a little bit before the show and we said about how the bogus journey was actually pretty good pretty good sequel like one of the it probably should have been on our list of uh superior sequels yeah probably i mean 
Uh, Bill yeah. Ted's, I mean, um, not maybe superior, but up to snuff. Lip, yeah, it definitely lives up to the, um, I guess, franchise. But yeah, it's up to snuff for sure. Uh, and I think that it just kind of gets written off because I think maybe it's a it's a silly title. Like originally, yeah. the t- the title was Bill and Ted Go to Hell. Mm-hmm. And that would have been, I think, but at the time, I think they were looking more for that, uh, that, that teenage audience. And I think, uh, and I think a lot of mothers would have been like, nope, you're not going to see that. Yeah. You know, uh, but Bogus Journey, they still went to hell. Yeah. But it was just called under a different name. But I, I think it would have been better if they would have called it Bogus. Bill and Ted Go to Hell. Yeah. Uh, and the other one, uh, is a movie that we watched. Uh, this has got to be over a year ago now uh, that we saw it on Netflix when it was re- originally streaming. Yes, uh, it's now streaming on Amazon, it, and we dedicated a whole episode to it. It's called Lost Souls. <coughs> Excuse me, <coughs> uh, the Doom Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Doctor Moreau. It's the uh, docu, the documentary about. It's a movie about movies, so mm-hmm. these are always near and dear to our hearts. We yes. like these kind of. Uh, dives into uh, uh, the story behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And this one is f- freaking fascinating. Uh, from And all all the characters involved are fascinating. Uh, starting, starting with Richard Stanley himself. Yes. <laughs> nice. Um, to kind of piggyback off you, um, another franchise that gets kind of roped in is, into this early... Uh, Gen X slacker thing. Uh, Wayne's World 2, streaming on Amazon Prime. I did see that. It is not superior to Wayne's World, but there's a lot of really great, uh, really uh, well-executed parodies of big movies, uh, if you're a fan of The Graduate. I would, yeah. I, uh, I honestly did, like... I remember not really liking this movie, until I, I like bought like a box set of the first and second movies on because uh, I love the original Wayne's World is is a favorite of mine, um, and so I bought like a box set at Blockbuster for like ten bucks or something, and uh, which was probably a good deal at the time, but now it's probably overpaid, and. Mm. <laughs> um, I watched it again, and this was after I had seen The Graduate. So, if, oh. you, if you haven't seen The Graduate before, you probably miss. A, they they it's a lot of parody of other movies. So, yeah, kind, it, of, it, kind of a um, precursor to the um, Austin Powers. Uh, obviously, a much more a much tighter, much more focused parodying, but mm-hmm. uh, Mike Myers kind of toying with making fun of genres so yeah yeah this this movie for me kind of it's it's good i remember it fondly but Mm. i like i it doesn't have the same soul as the original wayne's world no it doesn't um and that's kind of the the general that's the general consensus is it's not a superior sequel but i'm gonna i'm gonna defend it and say if you haven't seen it in a while it might be worth checking out if you remember kind of liking it. There's there's probably some some stuff you'd appreciate in there. So cool. 
Yeah. Yeah. I like I said, I I remember it fondly. There you go. All right. Well, uh, Jim Morrison wanna... walking through the desert. Um, I so I'm curious about a movie you watched. Called, okay. Called Icarus. Oh, okay. I'd like I'd like to start there. <laughs> yeah, let's hit that. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Icarus from 2017. It's a Netflix mm-hmm. original. All right. So I'm going to go into this because this is this is kind of fascinating. Yeah. The way that this movie kind of came about. I didn't look at any of the trivia, but like just the way the filmmaker made this. Uh, so the film that it's directed by Brian Fogel, who's the main kind of character for the first part of this, and kind of the uh, the the reason why this movie was made. Okay. So let's, let me, let me get into this a little bit. He, uh, Brian Fogel, and he's done a couple other movies. Let me look here. Brian Fogel himself as a director, um, not a whole lot of stuff, but he is a filmmaker. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he hasn't done a whole lot, but he, like he is out to make a documentary on, um, performance enhancing drugs. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he is an amateur uh, bicyclist or cyclist. Hmm. And he, at the beginning of the film, and he's really good at it too. So at the beginning of this film, he goes to this, this race over in France where he goes through the French Alps. And it's a thousand mile course or five, yeah, thousand mile race over like seven days. It's, it's like a mini tour de France, but like on steroids so it's all there's no like speed trials like if anybody's familiar with the, the tour de france there's a lot of mountain uh racing but there's also speed uh speed courses which are a little bit easier this is all like up and down mountains like sixty-five thousand feet of gain in a day or something like that like just something like nuts like any, anybody that's done any competitive uh bicycling it this is like uh a very hard thing to do so he goes on this this race and he's in very good shape. He's a very good bicyclist. He comes in 14th. And and he is wrecked at the end of this, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's totally done. So at the end of this race, he comes home. And he's like, okay. Came in 14th. The guy's in front of me. No matter what, how much training I do, no matter what I do, I'm never going to be able to catch these guys. Never. I mean, they were just so far out in front of me. Just so much better than me. So what I'm going to do is for the next year, I'm going to do PEDs and Mm. see what, because in the news for the last, let's call it 16, 17 years since like around 2000, like 99, 2000, you know, after the whole Mark McGuire thing and all that stuff and Sammy Sosa and in Jose Canseco's book comes out, like that's whenever performance energy drugs start coming on to the national spotlight for Mm. at least for America. He's like, and it, it like the movie opens up showing all these athletes: Marion Jones, Alex Rodriguez, uh, Jose Canseco, uh, Rafael Palmero, Lance Armstrong. All these guys that are uh, guys and girls who are have been demonized for taking these drugs. Mm-hmm. So he decides, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to document it too. I'm going to film it. I'm going to do. I'm going to take these drugs. I'm going to get a guy from a uh, the. Uh, the world anti-doping agency. I'm going to get a guy that's retired from there and he's going to put me through a routine that I can pass a drug test legitimately, but take performance energy drugs, documenting it, 
you know, filming it, doing all this stuff. He's taking all, and like partway through the process, this guy who's retired from World Anti Doping Agency, he's like, uh, I, I really can't, really can't, uh, um, I don't feel comfortable doing this. Like it's, it kind of goes against my ethics. I'm going to give you a name. You go to him. He's going to help you with this. I don't, I'm not condemning you, but I, for me, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. So this, this, uh, this Brian Fogel, he goes to, he's referred to, uh, Nikita, uh, Kamarov, Kamarov V or no. Uh, well, whoever, uh, the head guy for the Russian anti-doping labs. Mm-hmm. And he goes, go to this guy. He'll help you out. And who he introduces him to, this guy's fascinating. He's f- amazing. He's great on screen. He's he's gregarious. He's funny. He's, uh doesn't take himself too seriously. Um, they go back and forth. And he's like, I will help you every step of the way. Like, they're Skype calling. The guy's got no shirt on and a little pet dog beside him. And he's like... Just like, uh, like just crazy. So he, this guy flies over to Russia. The guy from Russia flies over to him. Like doing all this stuff. Like they're like transporting uh, urine across uh, through airplanes and like claiming it's like the guy's di- uh, dialysis like readings, and he has to keep this stuff like you know like kind of subterfuge just to get his this doping thing going. Well, in the midst of all this filming, like this was that was the original premise for this movie that he was going to document him going to this next thing. Well, in the midst of this, Russia goes through this huge, uh, yeah, the the whole scandal of you know all the all the athletes are being are are uh, doping and everything like this, and it's it it becomes like it really twists and turns, and it's. Um, it's a really fascinating documentary because like you, we've said it before, I think that you have to get lucky with a documentary sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, whether, you know, sometimes with a documentary, you just find a great subject, like say the toy me tiles, right? Yes. Nothing really happens like spectacular because the story's right there. You know, the story's there, but like if you're filming someone in the news right now, some like uh, that movie uh, Wiener that I watched. Mm-hmm. Like when they're doing that, all like the shit hits the fan in that movie, and that makes it even more interesting. You know, it was interesting before, and this the same thing happens with this. Like um, the guy has like there's, uh, you know, I don't want to give too much away because it's it's. Uh, I mean, someone gets killed, which is. You know, crazy, crazy for a documentary about sports. Yeah, um, <laughs> it, and it's like at, at times you're like, okay, is this for real? Like, is this guy really like this guy? Like, is he is he full of shit? Mm-hmm. And then other times he's like, you're like, this guy is like uh, the the whistleblower. You know, he's like deep throat. He's like. You know, the guy that brings down and crumbles. And then sometimes it's like way to go. And then other times you're like, oh, you're a scumbag. And then <laughs> at other times you're like, this is going to change everything. And then and then sometimes then at other times you're like, it doesn't matter what is said. 
it's going to be the same old thing as usual. It's it's a very worthwhile watch. Um, it gets a little bit in love with itself. Like I'm, I'm really praising it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- but I don't, I don't think it, it can be overstated. Like, even though it does get in love with itself a little bit too much, but the stuff that comes out of this movie, yeah, is like, I mean, there's a there's a guy that did independent in, in investigation. And it's brought up, but this is like, this is known to everybody. It came out. It's like they are like a hundred percent certain Russia, like over seventy five percent of the Russian athletes in Sochi were doping. And a hundred percent certain. And it's like, and the ramifications of this should be amazing, but or should be like you know, bring down a whole thing and nothing happens. Yeah. And it's, and it's crazy. <coughs> um, yeah, it's a, it's a really good watch. I recommend this highly. Yeah. I mean, I know we've been hitting the documentaries really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, this one really holds up and it, it's, uh, good for Netflix. This is good for Netflix. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's getting great reviews. So it's interesting. Um, cause it seems like, and we kind of talk about this. It seems like uh, about the the story finding you. It seems like it's almost like on track to be like a supersize me, but with yeah, with PEDs. Yeah, yeah, I would say. Um, and while that might be marginally interesting, um, you know, it's it's kind of the same thing with McDonald's. Like, yeah, it makes you fucking sick if you yeah. eat it morning, noon, yeah. and night. But like, yeah, you're gonna it, be a great at the cyclist. same time like these PEDs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like a lot of them are very health healthy, and like right. m- like make your quality of life better. They make your life longer, but they're a competitive advantage. Yeah. So like, where do you draw that line, and all that stuff? And like, how do you you know how am I going to tell my kids what's you know mm. that that whole horseshit argument? Um, but uh, it's there's a lot like I found myself going back and forth and, and trying to figure out like where I really fell on it. And for the most part, I could give I could care less whether or not my athletes or my my sports stars do anything like I, like whatever. Just do just go out, and entertain me. It's not it's not like, um, you know, I'm not getting mad at like any actress for getting pr- prosthetic uh, breasts. You know, or a, a guy for to get a facelift or something to keep him acting for longer. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know that this this all is competitive balance and stuff like that. And that's you know whatever. It's a like in some of these sports, it's billions and billions of dollars we're talking about. Yeah, like it 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 is like like yeah. Well, do I, what you got to do to win. Yeah, I think you you either need to to loosen up or like that's that's what it comes down to. Is the the big thing is it's it's cheating because not everyone's doing it. If everyone's doing it or if everyone has the opportunity to do it and everyone, I mean, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are doing it. Like baseball was never more exciting than when Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were going head to head. Absolutely not. I mean, it was leading this, it was leading news every day. Yeah. You know, everyone was involved and everyone was into it, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, baseball have is having a mini resurgence right now. 
Um, but like for the most part, like, like if <laughs> you can't expect people that get to that level of competition, yeah, to not try to find an advantage, unless you unless you hold your athletes to some kind of um, some dia dia deity deification yeah yeah like deification or yeah you know what i'm saying yes um some saintly place like why would you do that to your sports stars i mean they've they're probably not watching the news what's that you're probably not watching the news (laughs) right i mean it's it's like why like anyone you know that has dedicated their lives to one single craft Mm -hmm. has got to be slanted one way or the other and if you expect them to be morally like just, then that's on you, you know. And like, what are we going to tell our kids? I tell you what, you raise your kids. Yeah. Don't let your athletes raise your kids. Yeah, there you, you know? go. And uh, I just I it it it. But at the same time, like I get outraged. I'm outraged that Putin. Uh, like it, it it it. This movie implicates Putin. Mm-hmm. Like by name, as condoning and like sanctioning, like state-funded doping. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, I mean it, it and Good it's God. Uh, it's it. So like, I start to get outraged, but then at the same time, I feel like I'm kind of being a hypocrite because I'm like, who cares, you know? But uh, but you know, there's also a lot illegalities about it and then how how like there's no teeth in like these sanctions or uh, in in you know the world anti-doping uh federation or whatever it is right like there's no teeth in it like you could you know it's a lot of sound and fury don't do that (laughs) you better not yeah, and like they like were supposed to it. like be be banned from the Rio Olympics, mm-hmm. and two weeks before, what happens? Eh, you can go. Yeah. Well, you know, I I mean I'm I'm totally um, on. I mean, both sides of the fence, hypocritical, whatever it is. Like I I get the um, like is. Like, like I said, the, the doping in baseball, the, when that, when, when that was at its peak, that was the most exciting baseball was, um, for me growing up. Um, but at the same time, it's about the, for me, it's like the, the integrity of the game in the sense that like, it's not even about the drugs so much is that not everyone is using them. So you know, of course you're going to, ha- you know, be cranking these homers. But, you know, what about these guys who aren't? So it's like. Well, this movie addresses it. Okay. Okay. I mean, I want to watch it. It addresses. I, I it addresses, really am curious about this movie. Well, it addresses your your concern about that. Because mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I don't want to give anything away. But the the guy, you guys were talking about Triple uh, A baseball in your last mm. episode, right? Yes. The guy that's struggling right on that Mendoza line and going back and forth from uh, AAA to the majors, AAA, you know, gets a couple coughs and stuff. Yes. He could do all the horse tranquilizers in, in the world. He could be having syringes, you know, 
falling out of his pockets as he's going <laughs> up to the batter's box. Yeah. He's not going to be better than Barry Bonds. No, that's true, too. Um, yeah. But when you're talking about Mark McGuire versus Sammy Sosa. Yeah. I mean, stronger, better. But, like, also, I'd say when you're how many neck. pitchers were on that that train, you know, yeah. doing that same thing. I mean, I, I I bet it comes what it all comes down to is more um, more people than we think are doing it. But oh, honestly, sure. if there's one thing, the drugs I don't care about. You need to start getting these people who are beating the shit out of their wives and you know raping girls in clubs. Get them out of the game. Well, they don't have. Yeah, yeah, that's probably. Get. I mean, that's yeah. that. I I mean, that's like. I don't know. No, it's it's moral outrage, and you know, and if it's for the other guy's team, then yeah, I don't want that guy playing. But if it's for <laughs> your team, eh, he's still a good guy. It just made a mistake. It, it's all. It's all. You made a mistake, com- but what it comes down to for me is there's millions of dollars at stake. Absolutely, and man. this is if business. You, if there's a video, uh. I'm not even talking about business. I'm talking about privilege now. If there's a video oh, of yeah. you punching out your fiance in a Las Vegas uh, hotel um, elevator, I think you lose the privilege to play football. You lose the privilege to be an entertainer. I guess. I mean, but what do you think domestic violence looks like? That. Exactly. Yeah. And th- like anytime you hear a this is uh like a domestic violence whatever going on Mm -hmm. like whoever it is like your favorite player whatever happens that's what happened in that in that bedroom that wasn't filmed yeah that's the kind of stuff because that's the kind of and ray rice is a little dude in that league Mm -hmm. i mean it's not greg hardy you know it's you know it's it it's i i think that we're so naive to think that these guys I mean, they're so slanted in how they think, and like I'm being very like generalization, but like I played with guys who went to the NFL. Right. These guys are Neanderthals for the most part. Okay, and there you go. I'm not. I'm not. You, lo- you lose your privilege. Yeah, you, I, it's I a guess. privilege. I, I mean, I I don't but, understand. But if like, someone's willing, to, if someone's willing to pay for it, and you don't get prosecuted by the law. That's true too. I, I mean, that's... you know, you like those leagues. If someone's willing to pay for it, I mean, you got we gotta like we have to take the morality out of this, like the the especially the sport of football. You know, when you Why, know you though? have like this whole concussion list that came out here recently. You know, where okay, but concussions out of, of hundred and eleven, voluntarily participating in the sport. Okay, yeah, but. Out of 111 uh, pro athlete, or pro football players, mm-hmm. 110 of them, uh, when they dissected their brain, tested positive for CTE. Yeah. All right. And the number isn't as high, but for Canadian Football League and college football, mm-hmm. it's very, very high. Okay. Right. And whenever you're getting a scholarship to play football right. at, a, at a college and stuff, uh, it's not. It's voluntary, but sometimes it's not, man. Yeah, it's no, not voluntary. I, I know that's your your ticket out. That's your only opportunity. 
Yeah. I mean, if you're good at the craft, like if you're an x-ray technician, you're the best in the world, but you have that, that, that chance of getting radiation, Mm -hmm. you know, like, like you, they, they need to put safeguards in place for these guys who are getting this opportunity. If like Miller light and Bud light are, I think Bud light spent $4 billion to be the national or the, the official beer of the NFL. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd like that didn't. money's going somewhere. Yeah. And it's going right. Like why, why don't I want some of that? But how about you protect the players a little bit too? Yeah. No, I, I, I think that the, um, that, that is a little murkier, but, uh, yeah. I mean, why do, I don't know. I, I just think that, Performance enhancing drugs versus the um, actual like things I, that have legal ramifications and and these ripple effects in people's lives are bigger problems than than a bunch of people on a professional scale doping. Yeah, yeah. I I, I and I think that I, I understand what totally you're saying. Understand it. I I understand what you're saying. I you know you're talking about um, there's a good portion of people who their only opportunity to make a better life for themselves is to um, hone in on that craft on football, baseball, hockey. Well, probably not hockey, honestly. Um, But, you know, stuff like that. Um, That's, that's a pretty big responsibility. So don't, don't fuck it up. Yeah. But if you're good enough, you can. You know, you shouldn't be able to, though. I You shouldn't. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You're being polyannish about it. Well, I, no, I mean, I'm not I don't think that this the idea of like taking morality out of sports like. I, I just don't agree with it. I, I think that if you get caught doing something like this and that's the thing is like it's it, just like doping, it's probably happening more than we think. Um, but when you get caught doing something like that, that's a bigger deal than you know, some PEDs. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I think that you, and it is a privilege and it is an opportunity. And with that comes responsibility. You're talking about, you know, a lot of money that money that we're not going to see in our lifetime. Um, no, I, and I, is it any worse than the fucking scumbag redneck who does it to his wife? No, absolutely not. That guy, you know, doesn't deserve anything either, but, you know, you, you have a lot of privilege, you have a lot of money, you have a lot of opportunity. And I, I think that there's more responsive, there's responsibility that comes with that. And there's a real lack of responsibility. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, when the NFL comes out with commercials saying I need to stop domestic violence, I don't need to stop domestic violence. I've never hmm. done anything domestically violent. It's your players. It's your guys. Raj. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's that's he's a bad, bad spokesman for that. And I'm, you know, I'll, I'll never defend him. But yeah. like, I just, I just look at it as, you know, those guys. If, if the redneck with a, you know, twenty six thousand dollar a year, uh, coal mining job, mm-hmm. gets gets charged with domestic violence, but never gets convicted, and they drop charges, does he? Should he have to? Because because he's working in that coal mine and the coal mine, you know, represents family and and and, uh, you know, uh, does should he lose his job? 
because he was charged but not ever convicted? I mean, if he was charged and not ever convicted, that I think that's a little different than someone who's a multimillionaire who's never convicted of something. I mean, they had Ray Rice on film. Yeah. He d- but, I mean, he did it. He didn't allegedly do it. He did it. Yeah. But but he got away with it cuz he has a lot of money and he not even so much that he has a lot of money, he is the opportunity to make a lot of other people money. Understood. But I mean, he hasn't played in the NFL yet. Yeah. Since that happened. And he should. So is that is that just? Closer to it than. Should, should you take away his? Er, not you, but like, should they be willing to take away his? I, and I know we're delving into some, but like, yeah. Uh, like, is that right to take away his right to work? Oh, he can work. He can get a coal mine job. <laughs> but <laughs> he can if that... he can sign autographs at an auto dealership. Okay. But I, I, I think I, just, I, I think that it's a privilege that comes with a lot of responsibility. Ah, I understand just, you, that you're putting privilege with price tag, and that's not that's not how it works. Like when money's involved, that's not how it it works. Okay, but that you know, doesn't make it right. Privilege with price tag. You know, I'm not. It's I a don't, it's a it's a privilege that you earned. Like he absolutely earned it. And right. I know that the, the route to get there, like we talked about, is not it's not cut and dry. It's not black and white. Um, but you are. Uh, but he's not he's not elected official. He's not. It's not. It's it's just because people root for him and he's in the public eye. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's uh, I, I. Yeah. Well. I, I see your point, mm-hmm. and I respectfully I disagree. I don't think, you know, I, not that I'm, I would never, I'm not standing for what he did. I know you're not. Absolutely I, not. Uh, no, trust Absolutely me. Not. I know you're not, and I, but I like, don't want anyone to I think don't, that you I are. don't look at it as the privilege as much as uh, some people do. But anyways. Uh, absolutely. Um, I mean, look, Patrick, I don't remember when the whole thing happened, but Patrick Kane shouldn't have been playing while he was – under investigation but it's it's not their it's not their it's not their jurisdiction to do that i mean it, why not they're representative of it's just the same reason why if you get busted like if you get you're under you get arrested for dui but get off later on mm-hmm. like you're the company or the person you work for mm-hmm. shouldn't have any right to, to to do, you know, to uh, suspend or fire you. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I see what you're saying, but it's it, it's not the same. It's simply to me, it's not the same. You're talking about uh, people who play a game for a living, who are entertainers for a exactly. living. Exactly, it's a game. Right. I, mean, I don't know why we put this like emphasis on how like it's a privilege to play a game. Like it's. It's a game. It's like a shoots and ladders for professionals. Mm-hmm. It's it's a game. It's not like, um, like we hold it to this high standard of like, uh, you know, American pie. I mean, it's the gold standard Chevrolet. of entertainment. Like yeah. No, it's it's a game. Yeah. Yeah. And they shouldn't be hold, held to those standards to play a game. 
like it's not that like you don't have to be a morally just and like and time has proven this from Ty Cobb to Ray Rice. <laughs> right. You don't have to be morally good to play a game. Entertain me. I mean, go back to the gladiator times. It's mm-hmm. the prisoners. It's the it's the inmates, you know, mm-hmm. doing these things. It's entertain me. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to be a good person. No, you don't have to be a good person. But if you get caught doing something absolutely ridiculous, irreprehensible. You know? And if you, get, if you get charged and put in jail, then you can't play. Mm-hmm. But if you get charged and you and the charges are dropped however it works even if they got millions of dollars whatever mm-hmm. entertain me i mean michael jackson mm-hmm. i mean that's my you know enter uh music De- yeah the art from the artist yeah he still sold mil- sold millions r kelly <laughs> oh, hell r. dmx kelly. Well, D- DMX doesn't have a job anymore. <laughs> he doesn't. He just can't, he can't he get can't out of jail long enough well, to get into the, the studio. Yeah, I mean, that's a whole other story. But, all right. All right. Well, that's, um, that's good. We got, good more, conversation. We, we got more sports stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Speaking of morally on, corrupt or morally much, bankrupt. <laughs> well, before we get into that, because mm-hmm. I watched that, mm-hmm. um, I I fell into the rabbit hole and I remember seeing this coming up and I was like, is that out yet? And on HBO right now, um, Tour de Pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's Andy Samberg's. A, uh, his, oh, right, right, right. Yeah. So he did uh, one originally. So he's done two of these like 30 minute like mockumentary type things where yeah um he did the longest like the longest game let me look here real quick uh, yeah uh, which i really liked it was with um with the uh oh here it is uh seven days in hell uh with uh kit harrington who is uh what john snow i think his name is yeah uh, he did an hbo like 30 minute or 43 minute um mockumentary on like based on uh, just what they do is take it, it was that one was like a tennis thing mm-hmm. uh, where they kind of mocked uh, Andre Agassi and just like a, an, an amalgamation and like the weird things of the uh, the day like uh, of the time and they do it again they do another one like that with uh, uh, toward it tour de pharmacy and this is based on in like in 1982 uh the tour de france quick mockumentary um it this thing is so funny like i'd laughed out loud like numerous times um and and there's some there's some low points and some (laughs) jokes that don't land but for the most part this thing is fucking amazing um uh, it's got uh, Orlando Bloom and John Cena and Joe Buck and uh, Mike Tyson and Lance Armstrong and just the best role ever. And that's oh, another thing. Like, if you're willing to make fun of yourself and not take yourself too seriously, like Barry yeah. Bonds needs to watch this and say, <laughs> oh, this is how you get into the good graces and get in the Hall of Fame. Because Lance Armstrong, 
Okay, so this is about like all the the pharmaceuticals that are going on in the Tour de France because everyone knows that mm-hmm. everyone in the Tour de France is cheating, right? Yeah, the program. Yeah, and and yeah, I mean we we talked about it uh, a lot on that, and so they're doing like it's like they're talking they're taking like fake stock footage of like the race, and they're taking the people that were in the race and interviewing it, and then. They're interviewing them now, and they're 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 different characters, or they're different actors. So like uh, Andy Samberg's character from 1982 is Andy Samberg, but his his persona now is Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> John Cena from back then has like long flowing hair, and he's like a German. Uh, uh, bicyclist. Mm-hmm. His his character now is Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, what's his name? D- David David Diggs. David is it David Diggs? Uh, Whatever. I don't know. I. I, I anyways, it, his character then. His character now is uh, Danny Glover. <laughs> so it's it's just and it's. Uh, it's just well done. It's it's mm-hmm. a short little film. What is it? It's like 40, 41 minutes, and it's it's funny. And it, it was a nice little uh, palate cleanser. Nice or a nice little dessert to um, Icarus. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I, watch that if you, it's on HBO. And I did not like be... Seven Days in Hell. You did see it? Yeah, I I saw Seven Days in Hell. I did not like it. I thought it was. Oh yeah. I thought it was see, a miss. Uh, I I enjoyed it. I I like. I really appreciate what they're doing. It, like some of the stuff fell flat, and it, it hurt because uh, what's his name, Kit Harrington, wasn't that great of an actor. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It I I I appreciate what they were trying to do. Um, this one actually has some really laugh out loud moments. There's a moment where there's a naked guy on John Cena's back, <laughs> like lit, like I mean, wang, like hit mm-hmm. him in the shoulder, naked. <laughs> it's uh, it sounds like. They're, I don't know, just some of the sight gags alone are worth the price of admission. But yeah, yeah, I um, I'm trying to think. I I think it was just. I mean, they tried like it was joke after joke after joke, which you know I appreciate, especially when you know if you throw uh, six jokes out in a minute and only one lands, you're still you're still yeah, tracking you're still it a laugh a minute. Pretty good. Yeah. So and uh, but. I, I just I didn't think it was hitting, so yeah. I saw they were I doing would. another one and I wasn't too. I was kind of like, eh. but yeah, I see. I could definitely see. Um, yeah, just kind of the uh, what's his name, Lance Armstrong. Oh well, that and they're like just, interviewing him. Yeah, and like supposedly, and you've seen. I saw this on the trailer, so it's not really a giveaway. Mm-hmm. But like they have him. Like they're interviewing someone from like a drug sting or like right. a, a yeah, like informant. The news. So like he's at first he's like backlit. You can't see his face, and he, they got his uh, voice modified. And then like someone walks into the room and opens up the door, and like you see his <laughs> face. He's like, oh, "Do we need to cut?" And they're like, "No, no, we're good. We're good." He's like, "Good. My 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 agents kill like didn't want me to do this at all, but you know." As long as, as long and like he was poking fun of himself. By the right. end of the movie, he has like a bicycle hat on his head or a helmet. 
it like in in profile it's just <laughs> it's, it's great that's pretty good that's solid nice uh, i uh i don't know i'm trying to i'll be able to track it down but yeah yeah um yeah so you were we're hitting all kinds of documentaries here lately so we're gonna finish it off this week at least for me um the battered bastards of baseball Mm -hmm. uh we talked about last week a little bit you had on your list of uh um uh movies you was it last week yeah yeah yeah, movies i want to see adapted movies you yeah um and I, they have a there's an IMDb like placeholder that it is it's in development they're saying oh as far as a like being a either a drama or whatever but it's it seems like it's it's a placeholder so whether or not it goes through to fruition or not but as far as a narrative uh, maybe it is who knows uh, but this one I'm talking about the Better Bastards of Baseball it's a documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's right now streaming on uh, Netflix, and this stars. Well, it actually stars people you may know as yes. a as a documentary. It's got uh, Todd Field, Kurt Russell, uh, Bing now Bing Russell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Todd Field, you would know him from uh, what the in the bedroom. Uh, did he win an Oscar for that? Uh, it was nominated for three Oscars. I'm, I know uh, it was nominated, but I didn't know if it won. He's won some AFI awards, but it doesn't okay. look like Oscars. So, anyways, he's a he's a uh, a uh, uh, a director of note. Okay, mm-hmm. so but in this movie, he is the um he's the Bat Boy. Yeah, for a. Okay, so way back in the day, like back when baseball first started in the 1880s, whatever, like it before, like as it started to develop into what it is or what it was in the early eighth uh, or 20th century, um, we had uh, there was independent leagues, like, mm-hmm. and because we didn't have TV, we didn't, you know, radio was kind of in hit or miss. Uh, they, there was like each big city around the country had, there was like 260 independent, uh, baseball teams around the country, you know, um, and you could go and see these independent, uh, leagues. Like now we think of, um, there, everything is minor leagues. So like Mm -hmm. every, every associated, uh, every, uh, major league baseball team has a, uh, triple double and single a team and some affiliates i'm sure maybe even more than one double a maybe more than one single a and but what and at the time that this movie takes place the independent league had totally disappeared okay everything was run by major league baseball and that was the standard well uh Along comes Bing Russell, who was the sheriff in uh, in Bonanza, mm-hmm. and did about a million. I thought it was funny. He died like two thousand times or something on screen, <laughs> yeah, or something like that. Like uh, he was in a lot of westerns and stuff. Um, he he was he was a, a major league. Well, he grew up around baseball, 
mm-hmm. and became a major league player for a short time. And um, so he decides, I've got some money. I want to do this independent league because the team in Portland, Oregon had just the AAA affiliate of, I don't even know who it was. Um, the Portland Beavers. I don't know who they were in affiliate of, but they left. Yeah, they, they took off. So he's yeah. like, there's a void. I'm going to fill that void with an mm-hmm. independent team in the like the Pacific Coastal League or some PCL or yeah. something. Whatever it was. Like, I'm going to I'm not going to be affiliated team. The PCL I'm just and the PNW. This. It's classic. Yes. So he goes to Portland and he gets into this league, a league consisting of, of a bunch of like major league affiliates. So like all the people that are eventually going to become major league players play on these teams. Now, not all of them become major league players, but they have the, they have some kind of, um, they have some kind of ability and they're Mm -hmm. getting paid. Uh, they've been drafted, you know, they're, they're playing for a legitimate wage. Well, he goes into this with no affiliation to any of the major league teams who are making all this money up in the major leagues and he goes in and gets a ragtag bunch of guys to get a, together and makes a team. And it tells the story of a, like the five-year run of this, this independent baseball team. Yeah. And um, so that's the setup for the story. This, the story is really good. It's like, it's like the underdog story. It's like every – it's the bad news bears. It's, yeah. it's every underdog sports movie you could imagine. Um, like legitimately, I really, <laughs> yeah, I is. really like this movie, but they drop the ball. They drop the ball so bad because of really all the characters on the team. Now they they did introduce a couple of them, yeah, but some of the stuff they revealed in the end credits yeah. of the other people that were on this team, yes, was like. Why didn't you reveal this earlier? Because like I as much as I enjoyed it, I would have found it even more fascinating. I guess they wanted to tell the story of like Bing Russell because he's dead now. I guess like Kurt Russell really wanted to tell the story, yeah. I'm guessing. And didn't want to like take away from what he did because what he did was pretty amazing. Right. Getting like a bunch of ragtag bunch of guys together and like he he obviously had an eye for like talent. Yeah. And got them to actually succeed. Yeah. So you, I, yeah, that is amazing in itself. But yeah, you wanted to so shift the scope a little bit. I I guess because the stories, just like the three or four guys. Wow, yeah. the manager. Like, the manager was. There could have been a movie on that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There. Like, from like the blonde eyebrows to. <laughs> Like the jail sentence he served after, after he was unmanaging, like. But they didn't mention that until like in the end credits. I, I hesitate to. Well, it's in the end credits, but like the guy who's in the witness protection agency. Like they didn't talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a total. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of. There's a lot of missed opportunities for some real. Not not job, but just like characters. There's characters that that go the missing. whole the whole movie Slapshot is is based yeah, on the right? characters. And like this movie is real. 
this, you know, like this is those guys, you know, and like, I understand why that, cause they need to tell the story because it could, it could have got lost in just the characters like surrounding him. And like, it could have taken away from what he actually did. And like, it was really impressive <clears throat> at what Bing Russell did, like as the owner of this team, but God, there are so many like fascinating people. Like the one guy invented big league chew. Yeah. You know, it's like, and it was really glossed over. It was like, well, we had this idea, and next thing that, you know, it's successful. It's all like in the end credits. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. Because I just, I definitely got swept up in the story because it is such a, like, um, it's almost like the foundation for every good sports movie is the, the down and out group who, um, you know, rally rallies together to, to make it big. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, and they have, it is like, it is like, regardless of what the people are around it, like it is a really good story because yeah. the way he, like, it was like a legitimate passion project. And like, he put his heart and soul into this, this team. And like, you could tell the disdain that the, like the, the, that the corporate like major league had for them, you know, they were making their guys look bad um, and all that stuff. And it was like a, a true underdog story, but like, I mean, like it was it's so crazy. The guys they had on this team, mm-hmm. like, and maybe it was, it was taking like the bad guys. Um, you know, it's all the guys we were talking about earlier, you know, like the guys that couldn't hold a job who are always right. getting in trouble, you know, had the talent, but, Maybe maybe they glossed over that kind of stuff, you know, like actually bad guys that were, you know, yeah, that they were willing to take on just, you know, but uh, yeah, I really I really like this movie. It's streaming yeah. on Netflix right now. I, I I highly recommend this, and I and I agree with you now wholeheartedly that this needs to be made into a movie. Yeah, I I think it it, it would be a great buddy comedy. Yeah, and especially with you what you with you mentioning the man it's really making me rethink this movie because it it is so centered around um bing russell uh putting together it's so centered around bing russell being kind of the um the baseball genius and that really is the focus and then there is so many ancillary characters there and they just kind of go into the uh like they touch on maybe three of the characters. Um, like we said, the the uh, the broom man name is the Bat Boy. Yeah, the the Joe Garza. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of characters that just. How long is this movie? Um, yeah, it's only an hour and thirteen minutes. They definitely could have uh, filled it out a little bit more, and it wouldn't have even been fluff. Yeah. Like they could, yeah. they, they had some solid, oh man, you're really making me rethink this one. <laughs> I mean, and don't, don't get me wrong. Like the, yeah. the story itself was fine. Like it was good. And yeah. It was like, it's, you get swept up in it. If, if you're, if you would make a movie with all these, like, and like it's every, like whether it's the replacements mm-hmm. or bad news bears or the mighty ducks or, um, uh, the longest yard, or Slapshot, all these movies have 
like um, miscast or uh, miscreants or mm-hmm. uh, you know ne'er do well or caricatures of of people that fill out these teams and this team actually had it like this yeah. movie would be cliche if they right if if they actually did it true you're like oh of course you got the the guy who's on drugs you got the guy who's yeah the, oh. the washed up uh yeah. uh you know world series winning pitcher you know right you know the guy that comes down and is like you know the you know the ace that fell on hard times and it just uh I, I'd like to see a story on that guy. I can't remember his name right now off the top of my head. And I wanted to do some more research on him. Uh, it, the one who... Uh, the the pitcher who came down... Oh, that's not who I was thinking of. I, uh, I was thinking of the guy who went into witness protection. Oh, well, that guy, yeah, for sure. But <laughs> I, I doubt we could get any more on him. Nope. Um, uh, oh, J- Jim, Jim Booten. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. who was, he was a, um, right at the end of like the Yankees, uh, like glorious, like right at the end of the, uh, like fifties, early sixties, uh, right at the end of the Yankees, like domination, their 27 world championships or whatever. Like he played with Mickey Mantle and Yogi Berra and, uh, and he was like, he was pitching as like a rookie in the world series. And then he writes this book called, uh, what is it oh, called? Hardball. Right. Yeah. And like, he gets kind of kicked out of baseball because he like talks about greenies and like, well, all the performance enhancing drugs that all, like all those heroes mm-hmm. that we like look back on did. And, uh, sorry, that was a little dick. Um, uh, oh, great. Uh, Gray's right <laughs> off me. I'm too busy. Uh, trying to find more information on um and then he then he gets kicked out of baseball and comes back with this team this team yeah. hires him and he plays it and he, he like talks fondly of it and loves it and then uh then actually gets a chance to go back into the majors so mm-hmm. um it's 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 really it's it's just i mean it's a trevor treasure trove of uh just fascinating characters and story Mm -hmm. uh that i think could be mined a lot especially for people who love who love baseball now or loved baseball at one point and have a nostalgia nostalgia for it yeah it's um uh it's just an like the way that um everyone who's interviewed talked about this and you know, it's for a documentary and these are all, you know, but it doesn't seem disingenuous that this is the high point of their lives. Uh, and it just, they're, they reflect on it with such like just pure fondness. It, it's just so, um, I don't know. I, I just, it's so engaging. And now I'm surprised that it's as short as it is now. Yeah. Cause now I'm, I'm disappointed cause there are, it should have done it's more. It's so engaging, but there's so many stories that are just kind of left on the table. So, yeah, yeah. I uh, highly recommend this. I gave it an eight. Uh, I yeah. can't wait for the movies, so the I. movie to come out. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. I I hope it I hope it does it justice because it's a pretty wild story. They could easily do a follow up to this. It would be nice if they would. Yeah, yeah. Well, they had. Um, I mean, they. I mean, it was nice to have access to Kurt Russell, who actually played on the team, which was kind of cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Um, but yeah, it was very much a a tribute to Bing Russell and his baseball savviness. But it's wild to like. It's so funny that like these, um, so the Portland Beavers leave and they, you know, they decide that it's just a dead town and it's just the right product at the right time comes in. And it's like, um, at least the way, you know, let them tell it that it's, uh, this city really just rallies around this team. Like it just takes the right product and everybody's in. Yeah. So. Um, so they yeah, sh- so they have I, a professional hockey team in New Orleans, I guess is what I'm saying. Because <laughs> I'd go. <laughs> so who wouldn't? <laughs> um, yeah, it's I. It's one of those special kind of like documentaries where it's like it just makes you feel good. <laughs> it doesn't really make you think. It just makes you feel good. But it doesn't feel like junk food, I guess. Like it doesn't feel saccharine. No, no, it, but it it's it is light. It's a little light. I mean, mm-hmm. it is light. Yeah, it is. Not it's totally heavy. light. It, it yeah. doesn't, you know, make you think or or make you question anything. But it it just you get wrapped up in the story because it is the narrative that it's the basic narrative structure of all you know dramatic dramaticism in sports and in sports yeah. movies. So, yeah. Well, uh, I don't have anything else unless you do. Uh, no, not really. Um, I told you I, I finished Luke Cage, uh, great acting, great, um, great score, great soundtrack, uh, story, not so much. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I dedicated a lot of time to that, uh, over the past two weeks, I think. So, yeah. That's the other thing. Uh, these, I these saw TV something on Amazon on stream right now. It's called uh, Comrade Detective. Hmm. Uh, interested in that. And a movie called Harsh Times on Amazon uh, starring Christian Bale. Uh, I, I was going to look into I think it's 2011 or something around there maybe. Uh, but those are two movies I might, if I get some time uh, this week, I might try to check out as well. So. Keep that in your head. <laughs> Put that in your brain box. Yeah. Bucko. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, any any closing thoughts? Yeah. Uh, we're not athletes. We're baseball players. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, 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 tennis, hockey, golf. The game is starting, everyone is here. I got my snacks, my friends, and a beer. Just two normal guys hanging out, having fun. 
right guy number two yeah guy number one e to the s to the p to the n is all i watch because i'm the man if my team loses i'll be mean all night if you tell me to relax we'll get in a fight watching sports with girls is a pain they don't know the rules there's no time to explain single double triple home run for the celebration i'll shoot my gun i like my friend he's a real guy's guy he's not a loud mouth like that cunthole steve we like sports and we don't care who knows from wimbledon to the astrodome we like sports and we don't care who knows football football, football. tennis hockey now when i say sports you say nuts sports nuts sports nuts when i say cheating you say sucks cheating sucks cheating sucks i drink whiskey because i like the taste you think it's bitter, but I think it's great. I also drink whiskey and we smoke cigars. Don't believe me? Smell our cars. We're real men and we like sports. If you say that we're not, then we'll see you in court. I'm team captain and I choose you. I'm the other team captain and I choose you too. We steal the ball and we're off to the races. Then scare the other team with our mad dog faces like what, 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 what. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From the pregame jokes to the wrap-up show. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, 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 tennis, hockey, golf. Throw me the baseball. Now toss me the pigskin. Now feed me the rock. Now give me the rock. <laughs>